0: Hey there, Internet! My name is Jack Packard. Uh, I, I don't know what to do. I'm, I'm always in the dark. I'm living in a powder keg and giving off sparks. Here for The Escapist! I'm Landra,
1: the editor-in-chief of The Escapist, who will never, never understand Jack's references because I am
0: uncultured. Just, just turn around, bright eyes. <laughs> This week on The Escape of Show, first we're going to talk about the games we've been playing, including a Pokemon-like and an Elder Scrolls-like. Then over in the topics section, I called it. Goodbye, Stadia. Goodbye forever. It's gone forever. (laughs) It's going away. They haven't said it yet, but it is. Uh, We're going to give some uh, Stadia news as we are uh, solid Stadia shills. A little update with Google and uh, canning the uh, game development side of Stadia. I wonder what could be canned next. Hoo-hoo. So that's it. Hello and welcome. This is The Escapist Show. So, Nick, what have you been playing this week? All right. So
1: we talked about uh, World of Warcraft back in last week's episode. Last week. That's we right. both have never really gotten into an MMO. And I've been kind of looking for a game that i can just kind of play continuously and just keep going back to and, and getting engrossed in sure, and all that sure. um, and, and, and i've kind of thought like maybe mmo would be a good way to do that but there's never been one that's that's hooked me and elder scrolls online i've, I've tried like six different times and i just <laughs> it just doesn't <laughs> click with me uh so i yeah. thought you know i saw the the new update for the new oblivion update that's coming uh which looked really cool and i was also interested in graymore and Elsweyr. Um, mm-hmm. or elsewhere, I don't know how you say it, whatever, Oblivion, or Ellis Scrolls has weird names for their landmasses <laughs> or updates. next
0: fantasy, nice. fantasy, But yeah,
1: so I, I saw the trailer and I was like, you know, I, I think it might be time to try it again because it always, I always felt like this was a game I was going to like. Um, yeah. And then every time I tried it, I kind of bounced off it. So I tried it again uh, and I actually went through and did like the whole Morrowind update and and then I started doing the Daggerfall world and mm. I, once again i just i installed it and i don't think i'm going to continue with it i, I don't know what it is it's i think a lot of it's because i've been trying to think like because the combat in it isn't really bad and if you compare it to like oblivion or skyrim or whatever it's it's pretty much the same like you hit things until their health bar goes down and all that it's not a lot of thinking
0: oh, yeah listen there's a lot of f- fun that i like about skyrim the combat isn't necessarily one
1: of right them. <laughs> and and elder scrolls and i think what I've come to realize is, like, with MMOs, I just never feel like the world is that detailed. Hmm. Um, and one of my favorite parts about Oblivion and Skyrim, and it was, like, really just going around and exploring and, and organically finding things in the world and yeah. then going off on different paths and all that. And you can do that in Elder Scrolls Online. And there's a lot of cool areas. Um, I You know, I haven't explored a whole lot of it, but, like, Morrowind was fun. Daggerfall's interesting enough. uh You know, I I explored just a teeny weeny bit of elsewhere and I haven't even got to the Greymoor or Oblivion updates yet because you have to pay for them. The Oblivion one's not out till June, so I can't check that Mm out. Um, But it doesn't have that same sense of like wow and wonderment. A lot of it is probably just down to the visuals and being an MMO style that is almost completely focused on gameplay over anything else. Mm -hmm. And I mean, there is an an inordinate amount of content in that game. I don't know if you've ever looked at it, but there's like 60 something locations you can go to. And they all have their own individual map, and they all have their own individual quest lines. So, like, if you're really into Elder Scrolls lore and questing... Yeah. Like, you would would probably love that game. And I think you might (laughs) even like that game, honestly. (laughs) I I think you might.
0: might. I mean, I like a lot of Skyrim.
1: You can play it single-player as much as you want. You don't have to do any of the multiplayer stuff, because my buddy got me to try the PvP, and I... Boy, do I fucking hate that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Sure, sure. Um,
1: But, you know, I... (laughs) I keep thinking to myself, like, this is a game I'm supposed to like. I just can't for some reason. I keep giving it a shot. I keep going in and, like, please, please hook me. Hook into me. I want to love you. And it's like, no, I don't want you to love me because I hate all your mechanics.
0: Oh. <laughs> yeah, I think, like, for for me, like, the thing I always loved about Skyrim was just that exploration element. Um, the combat is dumb. It is blunt and dumb block and attack and block and attack so like if if it's a game that focuses on that then yeah i wouldn't like that and so i guess like is the exploration not fun or does it not feel organic what what is it about the exploration in the mmo that doesn't quite sink you
1: it's it's hard to explain right because like even in a lot of open world games you just kind of you know you go from waypoint to waypoint to complete missions and like Elder Scrolls Online is very much that um, but it really just feels like I'm just traveling to get to waypoint to waypoint I'm not exploring along the way and I'm not like hooked oh, okay. hooked by the world because it's like so bare bones uh, and it it might be that I am just that shallow and it just comes down to the visuals not being as good as Skyrim and like immersing me enough and I know I'm playing (laughs) and it might just be that I can't separate that I know I'm playing an MMO and I'm grinding up for levels and gear instead of actually caring about the story and my character and everything
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, so it really could be as simple as that and like I've gone and dug through Reddit and you know Twitter and everything like just searching up like help me get into this game please I want to like it (laughs) And you're just like, yeah, if you don't like MMOs, you're not going to like this. I'm like, "Mm." (laughs) because I was even looking at, you know, if I don't like this, uh, I've been researching a bit more about like Star Wars, The Old Republic, which apparently has a really good story to go through and all that. Mm hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I, you know, I'm trying to just—I've been trying to this whole conversation. I've been trying to pinpoint like why I don't like it. I just can't. I—it's just one of those games. that's just not clicking.
0: Hmm, interesting. You know, sometimes it doesn't work for everyone. It could be the visuals. Like if the visuals are suffering, that could mean that the world doesn't feel alive. Like in in playing Skyrim, you know, even just having like the little animals scurry off, the ability. To go in that direction because you see something happening, you know, like the little bandit encounters that happen, all of these little things that help bring the world alive. And even if it, it I, I don't think it's too shallow to say that bad graphics don't bring you in. Good graphics can help draw you in. But
1: uh, I, I would say it's not so much the graphics, just that the detail of the world, like I, you know, I, sure. it's it's so like stripped down to. You know, and and to be fair, there is a lot going on in those worlds. Like there is fully, oh, okay. fully detailed cities with a lot of people, NPCs, kind of doing their thing. Most of them are just standing around waiting to give you quests, which takes you out of it because you know in Elder Scrolls everything is kind of moving around and doing stuff, like you said. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I I think it's just it really might just be that mindset that like I'm in an MMO, I'm doing a quest. There's nothing that's going to change in it. There's no like RPG, really RPG mechanics to it.
0: Gotcha.
1: You know, you, you still build up your character and everything, but there's not really dialogue choices. You just kind of listen. They talk to you and tell you the story, and then you go do the next way, the next quest, and you're done.
0: Well, that's. I, I think that, that'll that add to it, absolutely. Right. So,
1: I don't know. Who knows? I'm sure in three months from now, I'll see you, something cool from it again and redownload it again and try it again.
0: <laughs> it's, it's Lucy putting that football in front of you pulling it away every Maybe time. Maybe I'll just
1: inadvertently complete that game just by, well, I will never complete it because it's hours and hours and hours of content, but... I might check it out again when the Oblivion content drop comes out because it does look cool. And I still want to explore Western Skyrim through the Greymoor update. Ellswire has its dragon and stuff. But yeah, that's, <laughs> that's all I've been playing this week. I did read, I will I will say, I read The Light of the Jedi, which actually turned out to be a very good book.
0: Oh, that's fun. It's always nice to read a good book.
1: Turns out, turns out uh, Space Vikings are cool. Hmm, interesting. i
0: mm-hmm. oh, mark
1: and cut that. <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> so what have you been playing this week, Jack? That's what I was
0: waiting for. There we go. That's what you waiting for. I could feel it, you wrapping up and then usually you say, so what have you been playing? Because that's how the show works. I'm so used to going second that I was waiting for, <laughs> to just transition to the That's how the top. show works, Nick. We've just been doing it for a little bit now. Uh-huh. This week, Nick, I've been playing a game called Monster Sanctuary, which is a mashup of Pokemon and Metroid. You're playing a game I've actually heard about for once. Oh, well then there you go. It's on Game Pass. I, oh, well, I got it on my Switch um, you because you can play it on your Switch. <laughs> you know <what> <laughs> um, so so that's it. It's It's a Pokemon game. You collect creatures and battle those creatures to collect more creatures. But it is also a side-scrolling, Metroidvania-type game, uh, which is those creatures have special abilities that help you traverse the 2D Hmm. maps. Uh, You know, for example, one creature will uh, let you float for a little bit, so you can jump and then float. One creature can break walls, one creature can put a little rock someplace so you can jump a little bit higher or uh, hold down a switch, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. But much like the spork of old, by mashing two things together, sure you get the best of both worlds, but you also get the worst of both worlds. And so uh, I found myself playing a lot more than I thought I would. The first couple of hours of this game are very repetitive and a little bit boring. But now that I've moved on a little bit, I'm starting to enjoy it uh, a little bit more. Finding new creatures, upgrading their attacks, figuring out like the right team balance—it's mm-hmm. uh, it's interesting.
1: So what really differentiates it from Pokemon? Then
0: the well, the side-scrolling perspective right. uh, for one. Uh, the the way the team battles work, uh, much like Pokemon, you get six. Um, monsters that are on your team. Three go out at a time, and so like all three attack at once. Um, that that can synergize with each other. The monsters you're battling, you're also usually battling three monsters. Uh, it has boss battles, which is very interesting, which is, uh, you know, taking on a very powerful monster. That's really fun. Uh, There's a couple things that are not like Pokémon that I don't like about it. Which is that in order to evolve your monsters, I actually have not evolved any of my monsters yet, even though some have been with me for quite some time. Because they don't evolve by experience, you have to take them to a certain place in the map. I had to google this. (laughs) You take them to a certain place on the map and then you can like force evolve them if you have the right items that you've collected in the world. And to me that's really upsetting because evolution in Pokemon has always been To me, part of the adventure, that like visual representation of you and your Pokemon bonding as friends, which I know is like arty farty bullshit, but I love it. You're growing together. (laughs) You're growing together, exactly, Nick, exactly. And so it's like, because they don't grow with you, you have to like take them someplace and like shove some iron into their mouth so they grow (laughs) or whatever. Have a bull iron. Yeah, well, and like to me, that takes that takes away a lot of that like immersion element. Yeah. It's just like, oh, they're not they're not my pokem, you know, they're they're not my monsters. Right? Seems like
1: the the side scrolling part would take out a lot of the adventure feeling too. I thought
0: that at first. That's really? why that first couple of hours was really rough because a lot of the areas were very samey. Yeah. And yeah, it, didn't, it, did, it definitely didn't feel like that grand adventure. I have since found several new areas, uh, and it's brought back a lot of that. Ooh, like I found a sewer. I wasn't expecting to find a sewer. I found a lava area. What? A, a hidden forest.
1: Is it like, is there like an overworld map and you pick on the areas you're going to go to, or is there just linear progression from each area to the next?
0: It is a sprawler, so it is an o- open world. Uh, oh, it's there, there is a map that you can go. It's a Metroidvania. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. I get it now. Um, which is what I said at the start of this, Nick. I'm sorry. I'm not, I don't oh, have come my on, coffee. I do coffee mixed with Metroid. Oh. 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 Hold on. Hold on. I thought I was a bitch when I didn't get my coffee. <laughs> he just called his boss a bitch. Nick's up in his. Bitch quotient. You're fired. Oh, I am? Oh, thank God. Oh, great. Oh, great.
1: Hmm. (laughs) Secretly, I'm going to duck his pay. Mm. Every time he thinks that I'm a bitch, his pay goes down another five
0: bucks. I don't have to talk about video games anymore. This is great. (laughs) You're the one that reached out to me to talk about video games. Mm. (laughs) You just let me know when I'm unfired.
1: you're on fire you're fired again <laughs> are you who chugs their coffee what do you mean you just chugged like half of that
0: well i'm getting there you know it's, it's finally reaching a good temperature where i can drink it who chugs their coffee people who drink coffee Ugh. did you just drink like vegetable juice too this is uh unsweetened grapefruit juice that mixed with coffee. the one one neck. The, the flavor profiles balance each other really great, like the like tart sweetness of the grapefruit juice washes away the like smooth, slightly bitter coffee flavor, because I don't put like, cream or sugar in my coffee. And so you know, that balances really nicely together, creates a really fun like pop in your mouth for each different sip, but more importantly, the high volume of vitamin C in grapefruit juice intensifies the caffeine high of coffee. So basically, and it's, you know, it's very healthy for you, just that amount of vitamin C. So basically by having grapefruit juice with it, one, I get a lot of vitamin C, which is important, but it also boosts the caffeine in coffee, making the caffeine high more intense.
1: I feel like you researched this.
0: Mm-hmm. I did. I have obsessive tendencies. Do you? Can you tell? <laughs> uh, so, Monster Sanctuary. So, um, you do get to explore. It does have like a, a open world, sprawling map, uh, which is really neat. But your po- your your monsters don't evolve with you, and like figuring out. What Monster does at a glance to form your team is a little obtuse and not that... It's, it's not intuitive, like how to get your proper, you know, your best team together and leveling up them is a little weird. And also on the Metroidvania side, besides your monsters giving you abilities to traverse the levels, you also get items. And so, like, as an example, there was this cliff that I was very close to reaching with a jump. And I couldn't quite get up there, so I I equipped my bird Pokémon, and I jumped, and I tried to, like, float up. And your character floats up a little bit, but not quite enough. So then I equipped my Pokémon that gives you a little rock to jump on. Jump on the rock, try to jump up there, ooh, not quite enough, and you can't swap monsters mid-action. So, like, I thought, oh, if I equip the rock, jump, then equip the bird to float, but you can't do that. (laughs) And it was really, really frustrating because like I was was a couple pixels away from getting up onto that platform and I couldn't figure out what I was missing. Maybe I didn't have the right monster, I don't know. What I found about later is that I found an item that was double jump shoes. So your monsters give you platforming benefits and random items you find give you platforming uh, benefits, which in my mind is bullshit. <laughs> they 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 wanted to give you items, and they wanted your monsters to do items. And really, it's one or the other. Like gotcha. in Metroid, you get items to traverse, right. and that's how you get to new areas, right? And here, it's like, oh, they gave me monsters. The monsters help me traverse, except for when it's items. It's it, you know, so it's not done. It's not done tightly like a like a Metroid game would be. And so, yeah, the, the monster battles can be really fun. They can be really uh, exciting, but you don't really feel that attachment to your monsters like you do in Pokemon, and the world traversal is pretty basic and sometimes frustrating, though some of the areas are neat to go through. So it's like, it's, it's, it's pretty meh to okay to me. It's like just above there. I'm probably gonna play it a little bit more, I'm going to try to get to the point where I can evolve my monsters, Mm. and after that, we'll see how I feel about it. So (laughs) far, it's like it's okay, is where I'll put it. Like, yeah, it's okay. I'm I'm having an okay time with it.
1: I have a feeling like you won't be talking about this game come next week.
0: I might, I might forget it exists.
1: (laughs) Probably, probably
0: will. And that's just something that's just something to deal with. But you know, it's it's all right. I don't. uh, So far, I don't regret my purchase, which I guess is good enough for me.
1: So it is a Metroidvania. (laughs)
0: I want to say it's a Metroidvania. (laughs) Okay. Jury's still out on that. Okay. Jury's still out on that and Nick's ability to hear. Alright, on to the topic for today. Google has officially dropped their internal game developers for the Project Stadia. Bad news. Bad news for for those developers. Uh, I don't know anything about the games they were making, but you know that always sucks. Uh, as someone who's recently been fired, that sucks. Um... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just got that. <laughs> uh, so you know that's that's no fun. Uh, to to me, this is this is where it starts. Stadia is not bringing in the revenue they thought. Uh, they they very explicitly said they are keeping the Stadia service, which to me reads, we are keeping the Stadia service for now. The stadia is gone. It's going away. Calling it right now. Bye-bye, Stadia.
1: Um, maybe. So, don't, don't, <laughs> yeah, there's some stuff I can't talk about because I was talking to some people off the record yesterday. Um, mm-hmm. and if you got if you remember, I just did that interview with Stadia like a month ago. You did. Right. Yeah. And when I was talking to John, like I didn't get the sense that any of this was coming. And I feel like this was a very surprise announcement from Google, as Google likes to do. Uh, mm-hmm. and I can't say who. I was just talking off the record with somebody. That was very much so. This was not expected. Sure. So yesterday when the announcement kind of dropped and all that and Kotaku broke the news, I wasn't I was surprised at first because, like, Jade Raymond is gone too, and she, her job was to get those studios and start building up those studios and build up, like, Stadia's internal game development stuff. Now she's gone, obviously, because she, there's no need for her anymore. Um, right. The more time I spent thinking about it, and I've kind of thought this for a while now, especially after my interview with John where, you know, he was kind of being coy about, hey, we're making games for Stadia and here's what's exciting about them. But I can't talk about it yet because it's only possible on the cloud. And like I've, I've been down this road a million times when you say it's only possible because of such and such, I see the smoke start coming out of your ears a little bit. Um, that being said, like I was still so excited to see what they were going to do because you and I both mess with Stadia. We know the tech works. We know it's it's actually g- easy and fun to use. Um, so I was kind of hoping to caveat, see some caveat, stuff. Caveat, yeah. yeah, I was kind of hoping to see some stuff come out of that. Um, in the long term, I think them getting rid of their first party studios makes total sense. Uh, mm-hmm. And here's why. So they're going to funnel like Stadia's entire problem from the very beginning is their messaging, which they admit. In my interview like they what well they they. here's the, here's the thing like they launched a platform people didn't believe in it they didn't just show mm-hmm. people that it worked they made all these big promises and and failed to meet deadlines and fail to launch games on it and all that and john said yeah. that as much in our interview like hey we were we were talking about stuff too much we just need to do and announce and do and that's it um so first the, the problem with stadia having first party games is like a they they don't have any name studios that people know about, right? So they're going to announce some yeah. project. It's going to be another, hey, this is only possible in the cloud, a lot of Crackdown 3 kind of thing from an, a no-name studio. Nobody's going to believe that it's going to work. They're going to have an immensely hard time selling people on Stadia for a first-party game. I don't. I can't think of anything that would be like, I have to go get Stadia now to play that, right? right. First-party was never going to be their future, I think it was probably a failed thing from the start to even try to make their own games in-house. There was no need for it. Like That's the problem with Stadia. It's like Stadia wants to be its own platform when it's really a complementary platform. It's not. It's never going to be anybody's first choice for gaming. That's a, that's a hardcore gamer, right? And that's the market they were targeting from the start. They kept targeting mm-hmm. people that are already on consoles and on a PC. And if you have those, you don't need Stadia and you don't want it. What they should have been targeting from the very beginning was the casual gamer, people that are on their mobile phones and 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 tablets playing games that want to access these deeper libraries of games. Right. But don't want to invest in a console and TV and computer and monitors and all this garbage. Do it.
0: But their technology doesn't work on tablets and phones.
1: If – well – well, it does. It's like there's.
0: For us, I've I've used Stadia on my tablets and phones. Yeah. It doesn't work on well, tablets. The, and phones. the thing
1: is, like <laughs> my my fiber. Like we were talking about this in the last episode a little bit. Like I right. have fiber, but my I have the very baseline Google Fiber router, and it's right. not it's not a good router. Like I think. And I'm, and I'm, I was reading more from the on the Stadia subreddit and all that, and people are kind of talking to me about it. Like, if you have a good enough router, it sounds like that experience is is pretty stable. And like, we can't say otherwise because we haven't really tried it on this very stable router, unless you have one.
0: I, I have a I have a nice router. Yeah. Um, everything else in my house that r- relies on Wi-Fi runs smooth as butter. Right. Uh, but again, so like, even if you need a super nice router not everybody has that in fact a small minority of people have that so like to me if you're saying stadia needs to exist on tablets and smartphones they're already doomed because their service will not work for anything other than a minority
1: yeah well that so that's kind of my point though right is like by targeting the casual market and, Mm -hmm. and maybe i'm being like ignorant but like if you've never played super stable games on a console or PC, like that was just never your thing. Like Mm -hmm. I'm not sure that's gonna bother most people that are playing on casual phones, just playing games very casually. Like they might expect some hiccups and stuff. Like we expect, you and I expect a very stable, solid 60 frames experience Mm -hmm. coming off of this thing. I don't think everybody has that high of expectations that we do. That being said, that being said, like- yum the technology behind stadia is like definitely improving as as long as it go and they're going to keep improving it and i i assume someday like this stuff is going to run great over wi-fi because like you don't have I agree yeah. like my you know you can watch netflix on your iphone or whatever it doesn't buffer anything that that often mm-hmm. once you have a really shitty connection i think stadia can get there someday i think cloud gaming can get there someday
0: yes and i agree with you
1: do i do i think stadia is going to survive as a platform I don't know. And here's, here's the direction that they need to go to survive and where they should have gone in the first place. And what they are doing now, they voiced it, is third-party support. And we've been seeing Stadia grow pretty quickly, if you look at the subreddit. After Cyberpunk, it got a sizable increase of people. Uh, the Ubisoft stuff has been driving a lot of people to it because their, their games are there. And you have uh, Ubisoft Plus, which gives you access to all their new games for a subscription fee. Uh, Mm -hmm. EA just launched Madden over there, which I'm sure is going to draw a lot of people because playing the sports games on the go is perfect. Um, But they need, you know, I I see, well, FIFA's coming next and that's going to be a big boon for them, I think. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of people around the world love FIFA and playing that on the go at a console level experience is going to excite a lot of people. Um, The same, though, is they need more games like fortnite and warzone and all that kind of stuff on there that's going to keep the platform going and those are the deals they need to make
0: yeah i think like there there are so many aspects to stadia that i really enjoy like like i talked about last week when i was playing hitman Mm -hmm. i want to play a game i click one button and am immediately playing that game Yeah, that's awesome no download time no nothing i click a button i play a game that's beautiful. And you know, like especially talking about things like Cyberpunk, which is a giant ass game. The new Call of Duty. How many gigs? How many gigs are we talking? Well, like War's, a hard drive killer. Yeah, Warzone's like killers.
1: 250 gigs alone. <laughs>
0: These are hard drive killers. Yeah. Play that play that on Stadia. You don't gotta worry about nothing. Right. I think like that's the incredible positive side. Um, playing Hitman on my iPad wasn't just like Bad quality and stuttery. It was like I move him a couple seconds later, yeah, yeah, he right. moves on screen. So it's like, I, to me, it's such an amazing idea. Google has the technology to eventually make it work. I agree with you. Mm. Google also knows when to cut and run, and this this is the this is the first uh, scissor scissor swipe.
1: Maybe. maybe. I don't see them I don't see them killing the platform if they're gonna keep going after third party partnerships. Like I don't I don't I don't see that happening right now. I mm-hmm. I think they'll give it a couple more years and if they don't get those partnerships, yeah, it's gonna die. But I, I really I really really think all it's gonna take is getting access to FIFA, getting access to Call of Duty, some big mm-hmm. mainstream game that everybody wants to play. And having instant access to it immediately. And like, I can, I know it as a kid. If you had told me as a kid that I could play Call of Duty, Modern Warfare 2 at lunch at school over the cloud, I would have been, (laughs) give me that shit right now.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Here's, here's what we need we need confidence in Stadia, right? Because like right now, I, am very very wary about purchasing any game on Stadia because it can disappear at any time Yep. and so what we need is really the messaging of Google to say here's how long we can guarantee Stadia stays around yeah right two years Stadia will be around for the next two years here's the contract guaranteed any game you buy will still exist in two years or ooh how about this if we drop stadia will pay for your game on another platform boom baby
1: yeah, uh well i mean yeah, that's,
0: that's my ideas for confidence for us consumers because right now i have no confidence yeah in purchasing well, and i don't i
1: don't either um and i do think yeah. like the future of that platform i can even see them getting rid of buying games on the platform and just going completely to a subscription they, they need to do this they need to kill game purchases on stadia And they need to just go to subscription model. They need to have basically Mm. Games Pass. You can have Ubisoft Plus, EA Play, whatever. Like they have to go the subscription route. And I think they're, I feel like they're going to go that direction. Uh, And I don't like, we don't have the numbers. I don't know how many people are subscribing to Ubisoft Plus on there or anything like that. But that's the Mm. the only way it makes sense to me going forward. It just, that's the only way. Mm. Um, The problem is, and that's what I meant earlier when I was saying like Stadia, they want Stadia to be a platform, but it's really a complementary platform. And that goes back to my my question that got me roasted back in my interview was saying, like, you should just... If Stadia wants to just be a, a complementary technology to play games on, like, mm-hmm. if they find a way to make those third-party partnerships where they just put a digital code for a Stadia game in another game that you buy... Mm-hmm. You know then you get people on the platform and maybe you find a way to monetize that i don't know you know maybe it, maybe it's five dollars a month to just have access to the cloud service or something who knows
0: sure sure
1: they're the extra add-on service is what that th- it needs to become it, it's never gonna be you know, they have their whole friendship thing and everything like that. Stadia is just never gonna be a platform that rivals Xbox or PlayStation or Nintendo. It's just never gonna be that.
0: It, which is a shame because I think I think there's a lot of potential and and especially nowadays in in the age of, uh, of your cyberpunks of mm. games that are very large and games that you want to look good even though you might not have the hardware to make them look good, right? See,
1: the thing is though, is you, you say it's unfortunate, but like they're, they're getting undercut already by xbox game pass and having x cloud they're already undercut by that they're undercut by ps mm-hmm. now uh g like all geforce now has to do is make your steam library playable on the cloud that's it and that's it for stadia like there's no reason this, for stadia oh, right. to exist after that happens
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh so I, it's only it's only a matter of time and that's why i'm saying like for anybody to have confidence in the platform like i would not purchase games on that platform and you know uh yeah. if they go the subscription route, fine at least I don't lose anything by the time you know, you decide, this, Google right. decides to sunlit it and it's like nothing against the Stadia team like talking to John, you can tell they're passionate about it and working their asses off of making this happen and of course, oh, yeah. you know, like I said with my off the record t- talk that I had, like, this was a surprise
0: and that's par for the course with Google and sunlighting their stuff and it is a shame, but like the the spiral is already starting is you know like they make an announcement that they're cutting that the, that gives us consumers not a lot of confidence, which means we're not going to be buying, which means they have less money, which means they're going to cut more. Customers cut more, they cut more, and the spiral continues until Google says bye.
1: Cutting cutting the first party games in, in games for exclusively for Stadia like mm-hmm. it's not surprising to me, and I don't I don't really see it as them cutting anything. Like they try to you know they had the they just released the new submerge game that was exclusive to stadia they had the uh outcasters from splash damage which i doubt had any player base on it uh they had other stuff in the works i think they like they released a few stadia exclusive guilt was another one from tequila works i think they released those few stadia games and saw hey there's no continuing player base for these there's no point in investing in this stuff yeah it's just not so i I think Stadia honestly is safer not having those first-party thing- things tied to it anymore. Mm. So I, mm. yeah, in the end, it's going to come down to can they change their business model to get people interested in it, and they have to go the streaming subscriber route. They just have to.
0: Yeah, no, yeah. 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 I don't know. I don't, I don't know the right answer. I'm not a I'm not yeah. I'm not a tech person on that side. Yes, I just I just want. I want confidence. And, like, you know, Steam has been around long enough to give me confidence in the platform, even though I don't own any of my Steam games. Um, you know, GOG gives us confidence because we have the ability to keep any game we buy on there in perpetuity. Forever and ever, they are our games. We own them. Uh, Epic, everyone's a little wibbly wobbly on them, but they're a part of a big corporation that is a big gaming corporation. So, like, that. You get, you get the respect, um, the confidence from that. Oh, they're not going anywhere, they're making a lot of money, right? So it's like Google is a, a you know great big technology corporation, but they're also a corporation that has a long history of axing things. And so it's like yeah. that confidence just isn't there. And while you may be correct that this doesn't really mean anything for the platform, they already have such a low player base that this isn't going to welcome anyone new, right? <laughs> like, well, like the, like I said, your you, your your peripheral gamer is going to hear about this and go, "Oh, yep, yep the is cutting jobs, not going there." Uh, that's that's what people are going to hear, and the spiral. I guess I,
1: I tying. I, I think it's incorrect to tie the, the first party studios to the success of the platform, uh, just because, like I said, it. Their their first party games were never going to have the appeal that Call of Duty or Fortnite or FIFA is. So, like I but, s- that,
0: but that that won't matter. That won't matter to to people. They'll see well, the headline. Connections will be made.
1: Okay. Well, I mean, that's fair enough. But that's wrong. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh shit! Sure. Oh, not saying I'm not saying it ain't wrong. Yeah. I'm just saying that's the that's the perception going out there. And so then Google needs to get on top of that, and they won't because they're Google, and the perception will continue to fail.
1: Yeah, so- I, I guess. It's, it's going to come down to uh, just a major mainstream title. Fort, Fortnite is all it's going to take. FIFA is probably all it's going to... Maybe not FIFA, but like Fortnite or Call of Duty Warzone. That's all it's going to take, mm-hmm. I think. Maybe. And those are the deals they have to line up. That being said, if Epic wants to... Epic won't want to share the revenue, so I doubt you'll ever see Fortnite on Stadia.
0: <laughs> right? They're still mad at Google for the Play Store thing. Probably, yeah.
1: But, yeah, I you know, even if, even if Stadia you know I'm, I'm not gonna i'm not gonna be the one to say that stadia doesn't have a future yet uh um, oh. I, I i still see a path forward for them uh if if they do what i think they want what they want to do um first party games and eh, whatever uh yeah. but in general like even even so like out of all the cloud gaming platforms that are out there right now stadia is the best one that i've used i haven't tried luna yet they might amazon might be cutting them out too who knows Uh, (laughs) At least Amazon sticks with their products.
0: Amazon has a real path there because, you know, they also have that tie-in with Twitch where like they they can truly be farm to table.
1: Well, Google has their tie-in with YouTube, same thing. YouTube gaming is bigger than Twitch now.
0: eh, But it's Google. Well, uh,
1: yeah, but... Well, yeah, I mean, nobody's gonna gonna argue with you that Google is (laughs) better managed than Amazon or (laughs) Twitch. (laughs) I mean, we run a YouTube channel where I'm, I'm constantly complaining, so... You know, I I'm I'm not surprised by any of this. Again, I just like I'm saying, like that's they have they have a path forward. Somebody at the top's yeah, got to be oh, smart yeah. enough to see it. Uh, unfortunately, like whoever's up there, uh, Phil Harrison or whatever, you know. Uh, don't have a lot who Are to you see. gonna call
0: out what billionaire are you gonna call out? Hold on.
1: <laughs> I just well, I just called called out Phil Harrison, who also led Xbox in the wrong direction. So.
0: Oh.
1: Yeah, I mean, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, I'm, I'm happy to uh, eat a second crow if <laughs> two months Stadia is gone. But
0: <laughs> we're gonna see. We're gonna we're gonna see uh, sooner or later.
1: I, I hope Stadia doesn't fail because I I wanted to see it succeed. I like to see new technology succeed. And hope even if it Stadia does fail, like hopefully they're smart enough to spread their their cloud knowledge to X cloud and mm. PS Now to improve their platforms.
0: I I think that's that's something we can both agree on is, you know, like I, I don't care either way whether or not Stadium right. fails or doesn't, but the, the basic idea, yeah. that basic idea of like offloading the processing power to someone else, I am so down for that. Uh, and I do hope that that continues. Uh, as overall, I've had a good time, except for when using google products to try to do it yeah you know try using your your uh stadia controller or a chromecast and you're borked because it ain't working
1: yep yep i've had that same experience (laughs)
0: yep so you know uh we don't got a button that'll end that on (laughs) that's my button (laughs) all right that was it Ooh, sorry to be such a downer or maybe it came out better in the edit, but man, oh man, that was us talking about topics. Uh, once again, I've been Jack Packard, a semi-professional video game enjoyer, here for The Escapist. Stop. Stop.
1: tickles. I'm Nick... Stop. He's putting his arm right in my... Or he keeps putting his nose right in my, in my elbow. Oh, hello. All right. my name is Nick Landry, the editor-in-chief of The Escapist, and I need to take my dog out. So we'll see you next time.